Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. I have to imagine that if you are listening to this show, you either have already watched the first two episodes of Sex and the City, or you've been spoiled and you don't care because you're just going to watch it anyway later, or you don't give a shit, and that's fine. But like, we're going to talk about the things that happened there. So it's been long enough. It's been a week. I haven't seen the third episode yet as I'm recording this. So um, I got into a lot of detail in the newsletter this week. So I would say read that post for sure. All of those live on as just like stories on Substack. It's wehavenotes.substack.com. Um, so I get into kind of some of the character stuff, like how there's no way Miranda doesn't listen to podcasts. Like there's no way. Um, it's just she, she absolutely listens to podcasts. Um, and she definitely would have listened to Carrie's podcast. Also, she, I just they, the characterization, all her cringy shit. I, I can't. I hope they figure it out because that is just like not who Miranda would be. But what I more want to discuss is like the discourse that is driving me insane. I hate that Peloton ad so much. I think people are nuts who think it's good. First of all, it's just not good. Like the content isn't good. It's poorly written. It's not funny. It's not as funny as it thinks it is. Um, which I think is like a metaphor for Ryan Reynolds, whose advertising agency created this thing. Everyone is like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. No. First of all, the fact, like, I don't even want to have this conversation about Peloton before they made the ad because of how big dies, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I, I have an internet brain, too. I'm broken as well. But everybody, we've got to pull it together. I don't want to talk about anything about the Peloton. I don't want to talk about calling 911. I don't want to hear it. I don't want 1,400 stories about it. It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. This entire reboot and, you know, and just like that is predicate. Big was dying. They decided this man was going to die. Can we not just like sit in the feelings, which, by the way, sobbed my eyes out through both episodes, sobbed like a baby. Sex in the City is not a show that we need to like pick apart in this way. It doesn't fucking matter about calling 911. He was dying. It's the premise of these episodes that they wrote. I, it, it has literally made me so insane all week. I cannot. And then this Peloton ad. If I never have to talk about Peloton again, it will be too soon. Here's the thing. I have a Peloton. I do not engage in Peloton culture. That's great. Go engage in Peloton culture. I don't want Peloton culture in my culture. Like, I, I can't do it. I, I just, I fundamentally don't understand why people think that ad is good. It's not. It's just not good. I low-key am not sure they weren't in on this the entire time because, frankly, really, your lawyers didn't get details about how that bike was going to be used in the show and your instructor who is in it in the show as well. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but I honestly don't even want to entertain too many conspiracy theories because that means I have to think about this more. Again, 
also get get out of here with the 911. Get out of here. Can we not just feel the feelings? I hate that this is the world that we live in. I hate that I'm a part of it sometimes. Like I contribute. I get it. I contribute to these discussions. It's such internet nonsense. And I I hope that we can be done with it and just watch the show or don't watch the show because maybe you hate the show and that's frankly fair. But like, okay, so there's my rant. There's my rant on that. Um, I also feel like you've probably watched Succession by now, the finale. And if not, mild spoiler here, I guess. Like I, you know, last week I said I thought Kendall was dead. I was not alone in saying that. Really thought it though. And in my family, we had a thing when I was growing up. That it like if you were wrong about something, you had to say, you were right and I was wrong. You were right and I was wrong. You were right and I was wrong. You had to do that three times and then it like you had to put the issue to bed. Like we couldn't harp on it. No, that didn't always work because in the Gardner family, we don't let things go easily. But I was wrong about that and that's fine. I do think it in a way he like metaphorically died and by the way we weren't reading the room wrong like everybody thinks he was trying to die to the point that his siblings have to like show some emotion to him anyway that finale was goddamn brilliant it made me want to I say this about this show all the time makes me want to punch things because it's so well done the writing is so out of this world I can't I do need not not even know what to do with it now I'm sad because these fucking monsters are not going to be in my life for like a year, probably. Um, I've already watched the finale twice. I'll probably watch it two more times. It's so good. And if you haven't been watching Succession, like, bless, you have three seasons of brilliance to to get on with. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jeremy Strong, like that, well, the other discourse. Listen, the internet has been exhausting this week. We've got, I mean, there's the Nancy Reagan of it all was... <laughs> I mean, frankly, funny, but also just like, what are we doing? What are we doing, you guys? What are we doing? Just if you don't know, I don't even want to get into it. But like Nancy Reagan throat goat, like I can't so much. And then the celebrities coming to the quote unquote defense, the self-serious celebrities coming to the quote unquote defense of of Jeremy Strong after the New Yorker profile that was not a hit piece super well reported with a million people on the record and off the record and enormous amounts of time spent with Jeremy Strong. And again, not a hit piece by any means. I don't even think, I don't know if Jessica Chastain and Aaron Sorkin read the fucking thing, but like, it's like these diatribes, it's like really big, like Gal Gadot's like Imagine Video Energy and Hathaway, of course, jumps in the mix. I mean, again, just think of like self-serious theater energy on a getting on a high horse about something that didn't need it like that was being on the internet this week it was very frustrating what was not frustrating is the conversation that I have with my guest today that I'm very excited about it's really fun it's my old friend Evan Turner former film executive turned screenwriter he's the best now that I've gotten all that off my chest you can listen to this fun chat that we had the other day, and we will be right back. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Good Clean Wine, wines that pair with a healthy lifestyle, which I actually do try to lead, unhealthy pop culture obsessions aside. Basically, these wines are meant to taste amazing and not make you feel bad, which, bless. All of their wines come from Italy and from winemakers that the founders, Courtney and Michelle, know personally, because that's really the only way you can guarantee what's going into your bottles. And what's not going into any good clean wine is a bunch of extra stuff that might make you feel like hot garbage the next day. That means they don't add any sugar or concentrate or dye or fake flavors or acids. It's all about the grapes, baby. And as a longtime, pretty intense wine drinker, I know from what I speak when I say that every wine that I've tried from Good Clean Wine is delicious. The rosé, the white, the bubbles. It's so, 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 so good. And for so long, I haven't been a red wine girl really for one simple reason. It's because I start getting a headache after literally like two sips. But they sent me this brand new Cabernet, like brand new, made in Tuscany, much like the succession finale. And it is changing my life right now. It's making me so happy. I can actually drink it and enjoy the taste and not have a pounding headache. And it's a little spicy and flirty and sexy, which we know are some of my favorite things. And you all need to try it, Stat. It's, it's the perfect winter drink to take to a dinner party, to have by yourself at home, whatever your vibe is. And we have notes listeners and readers can get 10% off their orders with the code notes. Just go to goodclean.wine, find what you like. Then DM me after a glass or two to chat about Taylor or Harry or the Roy family or Yellow Jackets or whatever you're watching. I'll be waiting. This week's guest is a We Have Notes first, a boy. Yes, of course, men are allowed here. What do you take me for? And like with so many of my guests, Evan Turner and I go all the way back to early days in New York and then L.A. when my little magazine girl self was running around with all my movie industry friends as we were starting out, including Evan and our friend Dory, who was just on the podcast a few weeks ago. So shout out to the rest of that OG crew. We had some very, very good times. And we have allegedly grown up at least a little bit, since those days, but some things never change, like Evan's extremely dry and funny sense of humor, or his love of Bruce Willis. But see also our shared passion for Vanilla Sky, Vanderpump Rules, or at least how it used to be, Summer House, happening upon movies on cable like a proper Gen Xer, and we also have to find fantasy football and Carson Wentz frustrating at times, to say the least. But a friend who I can talk about, the saddest girl to ever mar- hold a martini, DJ James Kennedy, the state of Kyle and Amanda's relationship, football, our writing processes, and everything in between is definitely my jam. So we're going to get into a bunch of that stuff today. Please welcome my dear friend, Evan Turner. Wow. I, I, feel, I feel so seen by that intro. Really? I, I mean, it I was really like, makes what's me. What's Evan going to think? It makes no. It makes me feel like you actually listen to what we talk about, you know, or what we te- I do. I, what we text about now. We but, text um, about now. We used to, like we were just saying we used to talk on the phone a lot more, but now we just text. No, like no. everyone else, like the world. Yeah, who has who has time to make phone calls? It's just. Texting. I know. I had to start a podcast so I could get my friends on the phone. 
Um, I am very, I'm very honored to be the first. I mean, we, we had some of this pre pre, you know, actual pod banter already, but yes, um, I know I am. I am proud to be the first man. Yeah. Is is that okay to say? Yeah, it is okay to say (laughs) you are the first man and you, Um, you are a man. Okay. good. And you are the first on this show. I think so. Most of the time. Yes. Uh, I'm very proud to be, I hope to represent (laughs) men well. You're a good man. That's, we like you. Thanks. You're a good one. You're one of the good eggs. You know, and and maybe uh, a new audience will be coming in. No, you, you probably I love already get a shit ton of men. I don't know. I got to look at the demo. I haven't looked at the You got me. I mean, look, I've, I've, been, I've been reading that newsletter. Uh, you have. Is it, an, is it a newsletter? Is, or is that like, is that showing my age there? With no, no, it's a newsletter. I call it a newsletter. Okay. I reading. mean, it also lives on the internet as just like, uh, each one is like its own post or whatever. Mm. Like on Substack, if you click on it, you can just, but I call it a newsletter. Yeah, I've been reading that for years. I don't years. know, maybe I we're love, old. I love that it comes <laughs> you do. on Friday. And you are so sweet. It, it's yeah, su- like it's such a good Friday. Oh. Like, look forward to it. It's sort of, for, for me on the East Coast, it, I mean, you're on the East Coast too, but, you know, it comes at the right time of day where it's just like, all right. It's, I think it almost like Pavlovian, like, signals it's time <laughs> like, to, like, shut it down. Like, like that's a wrap? It, that's a wrap on this <laughs> week. Here we go. Um, I love it. Yeah, because we both have, like, non- like office jobs anymore. I mean, not that anyone's going to an office, but we both haven't done that in a minute. It seems like people are starting to go back, which is freaking me out are. because I'm like, I, I think I liked that none of us did. It put, <laughs> I did. I just do. Put us all on like equal footing that way where it's like, yeah, yeah, we, none of us put on clothes beyond just like sort of maybe what we slept in pajamas the you know sweats, whatever, yeah. whatever that is. Well, I have like, I have like comfy, you know, cause I do change. There's like, there's like a, a comfy clothes that are like the work clothes. Right. And then there's like, I sometimes would very, switch very from subtle, that to very an subtle evening hang, like an evening hang comfy right. clothes, which right. are different than my sleeping in clothes. Right. Variants of comfy clothes. Yeah. And then if I work out, obviously that has to change, you know, like there's a whole. And oh. now sometimes like when I, I have so many video meetings that I didn't used to have, like everyone else, I'll put on, you know, like a sweater but I'm wearing sweatpants like it's the I'm a cliche like I'm a pandemic cliche you're actually a great person to ask your opinion on this because someone the other day told me about trunk club which is probably like a 20 year old thing that I just found out about this like Nordstrom (laughs) trunk club Evan Um, doesn't spend a lot of as much time on the internet as I do or like social media I guess I should say yeah well no I mean yes I'm you like I'm on Twitter I'm I'm a watcher on Twitter I'm a watcher on Twitter uh but you're like not even on Instagram I'm not on anything, you know, it started, it started (laughs) as like a cause, like it started as like, I was so annoyed by early MySpace users. That feels Um, like you. And and Friendster. Oh, I fucking hated Friendster. I never did Friendster. I hated it. And I took a stand against it too. I remember I was like, no, we're not doing this. And now I'm like fucking on TikTok, like a (laughs) something year old asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Friendster. And I remember when working in the movie industry, there was like a Friendster movie, you know, whenever something like the Korean boy bands, there's now like 10 Korean boy band, you know, projects in development. Like whenever something hits that like tipping point, whatever the Malcolm Gladwell like societal social tipping point, there was a Friendster movie in development, and that was like for me the like death knell of social media happened. There it was like I will never be a part of this. Um, but it's complicated because I also think like part of why I won't is because I I I I, I would just spend so much time on yeah, it. I know. 
I, I wouldn't, we're, we're I wouldn't be able to have way. a family or children yeah. or anything <laughs> because I would just be on social media looking up who I went to kindergarten with and, you yeah. know, going all the way through my life. It's literally, I'm like the mirror image. I'm like, that's <laughs> me. I don't have a family. I don't have children. <laughs> but I you have that. Much. Well, But I have my yeah. screen time. Yeah. And yeah. look, I, I really do think, I want to congratulate you because I do think your life, from my point of view, seems just about perfect. Like you oh. have carved out this niche where you get to watch everything, which is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then talk about it and make money from that. That's, a, that's yeah. amazing. Thank you. I'm trying anyway. I mean, I was because there was always this inane amount of like this knowledge of these things in my head. And I was like, this needs to be like, there has to be a way to use to, this to, to for, monetize to my support myself <laughs> yeah like because i was like that as a kid too. i mean we just like watched everything and then you know i mean you now write the things yeah so and i think cool. and i think you that carved out an awesome niche for yourself I like, have, outs- I, like leaving that kind of executive movie exec side and becoming like going to the creative side which is not easy to do that's like a brave step yeah, I, I mean, it, it was, I was forced into it, which is one of those, I'm not a big, like, the universe points in directions yeah. person, but I do feel in a weird way, like, the universe, by having me fired or, or let, you know, my wife yeah. is always like, oh, you weren't fired, you, the company downsized, but I, Yeah, no, that's it, what I say about all my media jobs. Fr- <laughs> frankly, it, it just plays a little funnier to say I was fired, but, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it feels a little like the universe kicked me in the ass and was like, "Look, this yeah. is this is what you came out to LA to do. Go do it." And um, and I now yeah, you do I, it like you. I'd watched a thousand, a thousand probably. I watched a thousand movies a thousand times actually because there weren't yeah. that many movies. We just watched them over and over and no. Over and that's one of our things. We have like a lot of the same like go tos like from growing up. Also, we're like the same age, but all yeah. you know, like like we enjoy talking about pump up the volume a lot and I feel like it's like an there's like a segment of age group that like that movie is so important for and then like nobody else knows about it because even like my friends who are like elder millennial like just a few years you know like five years younger than us not as familiar with it I sometimes think when I'm reading your um, newsletter uh, agreed upon to call newsletter like Mm -hmm. that you know there's a saying like oh like I know I was I was latchkey kid I was raised by television um, but I sometimes feel like you and I were raised by the same television because we have so many of those references. <laughs> we do, and I er- know. Early pandemic, um, I started a what we you know what an inventive name, but called it movie club with friends, and we would zoom every Sunday, and I love basically this. someone would pick a movie that we'd have to watch over the course of the week, and then we talk about that movie. Um, by the way, I think Kieran Culkin or someone sent me an article that somebody famous and more interesting did this. Um, and called it bangers because like that's what they called like your favorite movie that was like a banger that was and a banger it, and it yeah. actually didn't work for all the same reasons because you were supposed to pick movies that were like formative for you I picked pump up the volume was one and this was actually before you wrote it in your note wrote about uh-huh. it in your newsletter which was like wow like Abby is in my brain <laughs> but um but I picked it and like no one had seen it one one of my friends shout out to Mike Tricario had seen it like it was crazy to me. And actually then to go watch it, it wasn't on any platform, which I think you pointed out in your newsletter at the time. Yeah. Like we, we had to watch it off of YouTube. I think I actually emailed this to you. because You did. You did. Yeah. You sent it to me. Yeah. yeah. So I was watching it in like 10 pieces on YouTube. And I hope I didn't just get, get it kicked off YouTube or anything because that was the only yeah. way to watch it. 
Um, so annoying. You couldn't even like pay for it on like usually no. like really old random shit is like in the Amazon library and you just have to like you pay like one ninety nine or whatever and like watch it. Yeah, and, and this it wasn't is there. and it's a new so line. Ta- it's a new line movie, like new line yeah. owned by Warner Brothers. Like, excuse me, studio. like what, what's the problem here? <laughs> is this not on what's Warner Brothers Peacock? What's going to be on one of these things? HBO Max. HBO Max, right? Which I think it might NBC now, Universal it might now be is on. Peacock. Did, but it, maybe it's not. Didn't it come on? I feel like it came on since that time. I mean, maybe okay, you changed yeah, that. So. Maybe this is all because of you. But the power. My weird power. Well, okay, so tell, so for anyone who doesn't know about Pump Up the Volume, please tell the people about this magnificent film that we both love. Oh, man. Well, wow. what's How the log line for it? Pump Up the Volume? I mean, it's about a disaffected teenager, Christian Slater, who was just about the coolest thing to, you know, uh, yeah. how old was I? 13 to 16, 13 yeah. to 17, that, that tender age. He had the best hair. Um, which I even remember, Abby, you'll probably appreciate this. I think it was Us Magazine the last page of us magazine back before it was like pure tabloid rag. Like when it, yeah, was, when it was like the monthly, like it, us. It, it was a monthly yeah, and it was actually kind of, at least for someone in Allentown, Pennsylvania, far away from LA, like gave you movie news and gossip. And oh my whatever. God. Yeah. I would read that and movie line and premiere yeah. like back in that era. Yeah. Pr- totally. Premiere was a little sophisticated for me. I, I, <laughs> anyway, did you get that in Allentown? <laughs> you got it in Indianapolis. <laughs> I got it, but I was kind of like, this, this got too many words here. I, I don't know about this. This article's too long. Us kind of broke it down a little more simply, but, um, but the back page of us was, um, little like quotes from celebrities. Maybe it still is. I don't even know, but I remember a quote about it being, from uh, from Brad Pitt saying about Christian Slater, like the guy just has the coolest hair, and being like, "Wow, yeah. for, for Brad Pitt to be saying that, yeah. like, he had such interesting." And he he was one of, I'm going to say, five movie stars that I tried so hard to emulate his hair and failed so miserably with my <laughs> Jufro just failing to Your like curls. Don't really no like, no they just the couldn't do. He had like a real flat, you know, like it was cool, like it was so awesome, but it was. If you have any kind of wave in your hair, like, I don't know that it's working. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Which, but, you, try, which you know. But it was not as bad as trying to emulate Johnny Depp's, like, messy oh. 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street hair. That, that, that hair that just got so crazy, but I loved <laughs> as crazy as Tom Hansen. Tom, Tom Hansen. Tom Hansen. But anyway, so pump up the volume. A disaffected teen moves to a new town in, in the middle of nowhere and... Um, and he's tired of, he, he doesn't want to make friends, so he starts an underground radio station that um, challenges authority in the school and finds out about, now this, by the way, this is one of my favorite thing about these like 80s and late 80s, early 90s movies. They always have like these weird plots you totally forget about where it's like, <laughs> the, here's the thing, like what you remember about Pump Up the Volume is that Christian Slater has a radio thing and he's, he's. He's talking hard, hard, what does he call him? Hard, hard Harry, happy, hard on har- hard happy, hard har- Harry, happy ha- Harry, hard on. So, yeah, and then also just hard Harry and happy Harry, hard on. Yeah. Right. So he's, you know, he's smoking cigarettes, which, you yeah. know, basically began my love of cigarettes. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, and, he, and he's speaking to the kids, but there's also this plot about the school, I think kind of forcing people out so that they can have better students and therefore... Like, you know, like a girl gets pregnant oh, yeah, and they like, have her kicked out. Yeah, like to get more funding or something, is so, it? Like, or they just have better 
optics. I think I think better optics optics and better grades, and maybe they get more money from you know. I don't don't know what. what, So random is is that any real thing? But so rather than just doing kind of like the standard like a disaffected teen, like it needed this plot of like these evil things the school is doing that Happy Harry had to fight against, and it's got that amazing ending you know where he basically Mm. goes down for it uh the heroic kind of sacrifice that he goes down for it but he inspires a whole new generation of radio talkers yeah Um, i mean did he invent podcasting like i don't know like i feel like that's a great question you know um i was mainly fascinated with he smokes so many cigarettes and his parents don't seem to know he's just like openly (laughs) smoking them in his basement yeah in an enclosed space and and like a couple times they like knock and they come down and they're like what's going on we heard talking you know we thought you might be that radio guy and it's like do you know that your son smokes like a chimney i mean i'm obviously like that's some of my stuff of like i couldn't that that was not to be done in in my household but no he he was supposed to kind of be a clean-cut nerdy kid and they, they didn't they didn't seem to notice that he was smoking a lot yeah, um, they didn't smell it at all. And that made that was a something they shouldn't have let us think. Cause I think I thought I got away not in my house, but like smelling like cigarettes and thinking that if I told my parents my curly hair absorbs it more <laughs> that from other people. Like right. thinking for a minute clothes. that they believed that. And like now I'm like, oh, of course they didn't. Like, my God. Like were, that was so stupid. Were you in New York when um when they outlawed smoking in bars? Yes, I went through the whole transition. Right, and it was so annoying, and then like a day later, you're like, oh, thank God they did that. That was <laughs> disgusting. It was so gross. We were sitting we in clouds of smoke. Like, just in our apartment. Like, multiple people just, like, smoking inside. Yeah. We just um, did a lot, of, but we both did love cigarettes, too. Yes, really true. Did. True, true. <laughs> Yeah, but that movie, like the the soundtrack, and like then when you know when she blows up the microwave, like wave of mutilation. That actress, I don't know her name, but she was in Cheryl Pollock. Cheryl Pollock. She was in a bunch of those. Yeah, she was around. Yeah, Um, and Samantha Mathis, of course, who I uh, wonderfully was a friend for a minute. Yes, I I think she's in New York now. But um, I mean, she there was no. She was so cool. I was like, she's the fucking coolest person. I wanted so I wanted to be her in that movie because right. I thought she was just like so dope. I mean, she is really dope in that movie. She and in general, she is definitely dope in that movie, and um, and such a cool person. And my favorite thing about her was just that she would let me talk to her about these kind of movies, which is such yes. like you know the the nerdy movie kid growing up seeing all this stuff. Like, obviously, that was a huge part of why I went to go do it. Was just my love yeah. for this world, these people, these stories and whatever. And then to get to meet that person and hang out with them and talk and be like, oh, tell me about the, the movie I'd love to talk to her about, which is a different, terrible movie of that era. Not, not that Pump Up the Volume is terrible. I shouldn't say no, that. No, but I it's, mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's beloved, but like, it's of a time. It's of a time. For sure. Yeah. But um, you ever, I'm sure you've seen, I, I, it's either Thing Called Love or Crazy Thing Called Love, the one she did with River Phoenix. And, oh, yeah. Well, um, yes. Dermot Mulroney I mean, and Sandra, yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock. Maybe her first, maybe Sandra the Bullock's thing, first movie? The Thing Called Love, the 1993. Called love. With, she's right. Miranda Pe- Presley. Directed yes. by Peter Bogdanovich, who I also got to, got to know a little and, and pick his brain on. I mean, his, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And these people were a little bewildered by my love of that movie in particular, which is the, which is the greatest <laughs> thing when you can kind of hit them with, you know, like, oh, this thing that you may even look back with 
with with some kind of shame or something. I fucking love. Like, I think you did an amazing job on this. Yeah, I watched like, this it was an over important and over. movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. We do love to watch things over and over too. Like back in and also when things would just be on all the time. Yeah. Like you, t- you talk about that a lot. And I, every time you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, again, raised by the same TV. We're yeah. just sister, uh, brothers and sisters from other <laughs> yes. sisters, whatever. Because, yeah, it was, it was all about just hunting on cable and landing on something. And it didn't matter where you were in that movie. Uh, yeah. You just, you stopped there and you watched it and you watched it again. I mean, I remember very fortunate to have grown up. We had HBO, which seems. Yeah, same surprising i guess sort of looking back but we had it and i i remember pretty vividly that like the three there were three movies that they would show you like today on hbo or this morning on hbo and it would show you like the three movies it was going to play and they were the same exact three movies they showed that night yes that 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 was the content and by the way i might watch them both times like there was there was there was no stopping me from doing it all over again Sometimes no. I feel like every joke I make actually is from an 80s or 90s movie and I and I may not even consciously know it. It's so true. Oh god. And then like my yeah. closest friends will be like, "Oh, that's from that." And again, I'm like, "Oh, is it?" I I, I didn't You're even like, realize. You're like, "I thought I wrote that in my <laughs> Didn't realize I stole that material. But it's true and it would just you would just and then, or if someone had like a VCR tape, they didn't have like all, you know, you just, if you had a couple VCR, like own things you owned that you weren't renting, right? you just like put it in all the time. Like we didn't have a bunch, but like, or when I, or I would record something like off of the, off of the tape. You mean the, the $99 VHS when it was like, <laughs> to buy something, it cost $100 for a tape? Yeah. You mentioned I'm a big, I'm still a big Bruce Willis fan. Uh, yes. And- and and love him and you were there when when we met yes, him we did we, we met, met him. him we saw him on broadway evan had a, an extra ticket and his wife and another friend of theirs and i got to go see bruce willis in misery on in broadway misery. and yeah. and meet him after right we went we went backstage and we met the man yeah. the myth and the legend <laughs> It was pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty fucking cool. I was but, pretty excited for you. But, but I too. remember, I remember going into a VHS store, uh, whatever. It wasn't a blockbuster, so I guess I'll just call it a VHS store. And yeah, like um, the local video store. The, it was truly like a local video store, and I, I had decided I wanted to own all his movies. And the movie he just did, Mortal Thoughts, had come out, and so I oh, said God. to them, "How, how much to buy Mortal Thoughts? Are like ninety nine bucks?" I'm like, "No, no, thanks. I don't like him that much." No, not that much. <laughs> I'm not going to start with that one. Hudson Hawk, maybe. Are you a fan of Hudson Hawk, or is that outside? Is that just my my? Bruce I, I have I have seen Hudson Hawk, but I think I've probably only seen it like the one time. Right. But I feel like I saw it when it came out because I was like, if Bruce Willis is in a movie, I'm going to see it. But I haven't like rewatched it. But I, you- we were a big moonlighting household. Like we were oh, yeah. big time moonlighting fans at the Gardner house growing up. Sure. And so David Addison, my mom was real. Like we were, we shared a love of David Addison. Um, yeah. Par- parent, was- parents were my parents too. Huge moonlighting yeah. fans, which then passed it along and it worked well for me. Um, because I'm still ellipticizing. I had, 
I'd found, it, it was in, in my house in LA, uh, in the garage, that's where the elliptical was. And so I had yeah. a TV, but it didn't have cable. So I actually moved like a DVD player, like a 10 year old yeah. DVD player. And I was like, okay, what DVDs do I still have? Most of them I'd brought to Amoeba, but I had the moonlighting season two oh, discs and watched amazing. it. And Abby, let me tell you again, I'm not a bit, you know, I'm not a big, like the universe pointing me in this direction. There were yeah. so many weird what Easter eggs? Is that what? Yeah. Like there were so the many like Evan, yeah. yeah, like Evan Turner Easter eggs of like there was an episode where someone was from Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from. There was yeah. one where they're coming out of the building where the the movie studio that I worked at was that building, and I'm like, they're like where I had lunch every day for ten years. Um, oh my god! And it, it just. Like- it freaked me out in a way. But I was maybe like, you got, inse- were you incepted? Like, that's what I started wondering. <laughs> I mean, or am I in the matrix? Is this a matrix thing? Like, are there only so many places? So the matrix has to keep reusing them. What, what's happening? Yeah. Here? Your simulation. Well, my God, are you, are we in vanilla sky? Like, are we happening? in vanilla sky? <laughs> like you picked, cause you know, he like picks the images, you know, the album cover and the, sure. the obviously the Monet painting and the whatever. And that's how he crafts his lucid that's dream. Right. And I'm that's like, right. is this all? Cause you saw these things this is on moonlighting sky. as a kid. And then you, yeah. Well, vanilla I skies. I, I, of okay. Course we got to talk about in, vanilla sky. In, in you right, and I are like the biggest right. vanilla sky stands it's, like on the planet. <laughs> it was inevitable for this to come up. But so I want to ask you some, I want to ask you at least one question about it, which is, yeah, yeah. Because this is this falls outside what we're the most of what we're talking about, which is our love of these eighties, mostly eighties yeah. and some early nineties. The movies we saw seven thousand times, know every line. I mean, Vanilla Sky is what, like two thousand four, two thousand one, two thousand one. Okay, so it's it's after that stuff. I mean, we're we're in New York. We're working at this. Yeah, time. I did not see it in the theater. Did you see it in the theater? I I'm surprised I didn't. You didn't see it with us because I saw it opening night with Heather and Nick. Oh, interesting premiere and not premiere just just, no not no not premiere but just like opening night like Mm. opening weekend anyway maybe it was the Saturday night like opening weekend and uh and Nick's friend Trevor from home and we all went and we were calling it it's so funny I just like I'm like you should have been there um we were calling it TIN murder (laughs) because in the trailers like he would always that scene where he's like there is no murder there is no murder. Right, right. Yeah. But anyway, I, so yes, I'm, I'm I saw more of a fan weekend. of the, uh, they should call it tech support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a really important Todd Rundgren moment, uh, musical moment in the first two episodes of the new Sex in the City. But I love Todd and Rundgren from just like listening to his music growing up, but also like the moment in Vanilla Sky. Can you can you can you pitch the logline of Vanilla Sky? Is that is that a, <laughs> a possible thing? Don't make me do that. I don't <laughs> oh my do god! That. I mean, well, first it's a Cameron Crowe movie starring Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz and Cameron Diaz, where where they fell in love. Jason right? Lee, yeah, where they're... Tom and Pen- Penelope uh, fell in love. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. Um. And it's a remake of a Spanish film that also o- starred Open Penelope Cruz. Open your eyes, Cruz. yeah. Mm-hmm. Open your eyes, David. Um, and gosh, how do we describe have you ever, it? So, have you ever seen the original? Have you seen Open Your Eyes? I have seen the original, but not 4,000 times. No, like right, right. The Cameron Just once. That got, that got one watch. <laughs> that and Vanilla Sky watch. gets 7,000 
Um, Saturday, when I, it was on. It was on two nights ago on like one of the showtimes or something. And I was well, like, oh, I'll settle in here. It was just Penelope and uh, Jason Lee were just getting to the party. I was like, oh, here we go. It was like Tom Cruise is such such a bad friend to Jason Lee. <laughs> Unreal. He, he comes to that party with a beautiful woman, clearly his date, and Tom Cruise just hones in on her. I mean, like immediately. Just, he doesn't. It's not. It's not even like they have a moment first. No, no he's just immediately like, "I'm gonna fuck you," and like his friend is right there, right there, just right. They brought a joint gift. They brought a joint gift. They bought. They did bring a joint gift. A little confusing though. I mean, when did they? Which stop is confusing because they and they just met. Yeah. And they, right. Where did, did they, they say where they met, but I guess I need to watch it 7,001 times because I, I don't remember <laughs> where they met, but he, but I do know he's a terrible friend. And I actually really love about Tom Cruise that, um, uh, the movie live, die, repeat, or what, what did they wind up calling that? Um, edge of tomorrow, edge of he, tomorrow. He's yeah. such an asshole in that too. And it's, it, he's one of the few actors I think that is so willing to like open up as an asshole and then learn from it. But especially yeah. as, a, as a writer, no, it, like, I don't like this character and it's like, yeah, yeah, but he's going to learn a lesson. You're going it, to like, it's going to, it's going to work. We're going to, we're going to do what's called an arc, you know, we'll, yes. we'll, figure, we'll figure this out. But, um, he, you know, I guess using his big movie stardom is able to actually kind of play an asshole and then learn from it. And Vanilla Sky, I mean, he's, he's a fucking, he's an asshole. I mean, yeah, he so is like, a shallow asshole. This movie is like, okay, so he, he's a super rich dude. His family, uh, he inherited like a publishing company. They shot in the P- Condé Nast building. Which he, has a, I he has a very complicated in. relationship with his father. Yes. Right, yep. And the board of directors of this company. And they think he's just like, can't do shit. And so he has this fancy, you know, New York apartment, has this party, meets Penelope Cruz, who is brought as a date of his best friend, Jason Lee. And then they have this kind of epic night together. But also in the background of this party is Cameron Diaz as like an actress who David fucks all the right. time. His, his fuck buddy, which she, yeah. a, a term she does not like, understandably. No. Though, though in fairness. She's he, like, we he, had sex four times last night. Right. I you had know. you in my mouth. And I swallowed like, your cum. Right. Yeah. It's like a little that too graphic something. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But pa- but and, powerful scene, but yeah, surprising, yeah. but powerful scene, yeah. Cameron Diaz is really good in the part. Um, she is. It was, um, did you see a couple weeks ago, it was, I should have sent this to you, it was like the 20th anniversary of the movie, and there was a little piece, I think Cameron Crowe talking about Cameron Diaz coming from whatever movie she had just done, she had like one day off, she was exhausted, and he's like, she's incredible in the movie, and she like, really used that exhaust exhaustion and channeled it into the character. And, and I immediately thought of that scene, which is like, Oh yeah. So raw. I mean, she really, yeah. Like saying things people don't normally say in movies, like, you know, you were in my mouth. I swallowed your cum. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> is, is this a Tom Cruise movie? Where so yeah. someone play danger zone, please. Like what's going on here? <laughs> but totally. Um, but yeah, she, so she then, was she was great. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And so no, no, no. It's but so then the mo- then the movie takes a turn and he spends this kind of epic night with Penelope Cruz, but then gets in the car with Julie Gianni, Cameron's character, and they get in an accident and his face is like all he gets all messed up. All all and elephant then, manned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he gets all elephant manned, yeah. And he, you know, is take drinking and taking his pills and whatever. But then there's like, it's like, how do you explain it? Then it, you think his face gets fixed. 
Yeah, this uh, sort of narratives deliberately diverge into there's yeah. two, two possible versions of what's happening here. You know, one in which his face is fixed, one in which he's in prison for killing someone. Um, yeah. And we, we don't know who it is. We're sort of playing the back and forth of like, is that going to be, did he kill Carmen Diaz? Did she fake this whole thing? Is this all the board trying to yeah. take over the company? Did he somehow kill Penelope Cruz? Uh, 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 what's go- it's a sort of a mystery of what's really happening yeah. here. Is he in the Matrix? Is any of this real? Um, yeah. And then you, and I mean, because then you throw in Tilda Swinton and like the whole, yeah, the whole uh, ending is yeah. so good. But there's so many good lines. Like, Do you spoil like, things on this podcast? Should yeah, be, we could, it's it Vanilla Sky. It's like a 20 year old movie. Yes. <laughs> right, right. If you haven't seen it by now, you're probably not going to. Although the way we're talking about it, people are probably like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> I got to see yeah. this movie. Abby and Evan have seen this movie. All of a sudden, a sales or rentals times. of Pump Up the Volume and uh, Vanilla Sky just skyrocketed. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. Reese's Book Club, you know, just instant bestseller. Right, but he's, so what, so what is, the, and I've seen it 7,000 times. So the truth of it is, he is L.E., the name he thinks is L.E., is Life Extension. He froze himself like Benny the Dog. Or he yeah. had he had professional people freeze him like Benny the Dog. Yes. So this is all that was after the accident. He basically yes. when uh, he killed himself so he could be frozen. Um, and this is all a bad dream, which is why none of it makes sense and why we're going back and forth and all these things. Um, and it's basically the fantasy he chose for his cryo sleep was to be with Penelope Cruz, but it's it's going haywire, and that's why he needs to scream tech support. Tech support. Um, and so now they can fix it. And he's now in the future. Everyone he loves is dead. Um, he can come out by triggering it, by jumping off the building, which was his greatest fear. Uh, heights being his greatest fear, I guess, not yes. jumping off a building. That would be, that would be anyone's fear. Um, and he, he makes, he sort of has a or he can or, he, or they can fix his perfect life, dream life, and they can fix it and he can go back to it. Right. He can go back to his dream life or be awake with no one he loves and, and, and start over again, which is the choice he makes, says goodbye to Penelope Cruz. I love the line, you know, I'll see you in another life where we're both cats. Yeah. Um, which apparently, because I've read the IMDb trivia about this movie 7,000 times as well, <laughs> that was something Penelope Cruz had said to Cameron Crowe and he loved and put in the movie. It's um, so good. Such a good line. Um, and yeah, so he, so he chooses to wake up. and um, Every moment is another chance to turn it all around. Cameron Crowe has said, it's also in the IMDb trivia. I, I can maybe at best paraphrase it, but probably not. But Cameron Crowe said, you know, there's two possibilities of what is really happening. One being what the movie presents, which is after the accident, he kills himself or, yeah, takes the pills, suicide attempt yeah. to, fr- to freeze. Or the other one, which I actually think is the movie, though. I don't know. I mean, hard to say it's a lesser choice. I love the movie. But it's that the the entire movie is his cryo sleep. Because at the the beginning of the movie, it's Penelope Cruz's voice saying, open your eyes. Which does not make any sense. For your audience, I should explain. That's on his, he has an alarm clock that he's, he's rich. He's got a TV that comes out from the floor because he's so rich. Um, and yep. apparently that was an idea Tom Cruise had where he's like, what if we have a TV coming out of the floor? Um, but he does have a TV coming out of the floor and he has an alarm clock that can wake you up. You can record a voice message. Is that a real thing, yeah. by the way? Was that I a real thing? I bet it is. I it, think so. 
a super sharp, feels sharper like, image. It feels thing. like sharp. I was just going to say they get sharper image in 2001. That feels very definite. <laughs> right. So, so it has Penelope Cruz's voice later revealed to be Cameron Diaz had recorded her voice, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the, the movie does open over the building with like, open your eyes. Yeah, it does. Open yeah. So, and he hasn't met her yet. So, yeah. I, I sort of feel like maybe that's her talking that could, to him. I mean, yeah, you could be right. I like it. So, well, this movie was like, there's, I mean, I love things that you can dissect even when you've seen it so many times and you're still like, I'm not sure. Or like one day you feel one way and one day you feel the other way. Yeah, true. But this movie was not, is not like, people aren't like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a great movie. <laughs> well, I mean, except us. <laughs> I mean, not, there are others. And then when you find them, you know, it's great. But this wasn't like, well super well reviewed by a lot like some people really liked it and some people no, not really even didn't a, not like even it. a little and i think i'm looking it up <laughs> as we discuss this but i think yeah. like tom cruise had this streak that was no one will ever do again definitely not in the world of streaming but uh um, yeah where he had like seven movies in a row or something astronomical that reached 100 million no i'm looking it up it did reach it just reached 100 million okay so, but that was like a failure for him at that point that was that was a failure for him at that point yeah um but um yeah it but is I, not it it is it's an abby and evan movie i mean it's it just is not, it is it's, it's like one of ours it's like i just i just love it so much and i i it's so crazy because it's and I just love that whole night they spend, like well, the Salisbury Hill right. of it all. And of Salisbury course, it's a Cameron Crowe yeah. movie, so mm-hmm. like the music's amazing. Like whether people like the movie, there's great music in it as always. But like that whole like night, because I think it's also like oh, to have like we've all kind of had a version of that night yeah. where like yeah. you meet somebody and it's like so crackling and like fun and. Whatever. And, and, and then even he's just like, I like your life. And she's like, well, you can't have it. It's mine. You know, but it's all like very playful. And I'm just like, oh, and she's like a dancer. I don't know. The whole thing. It's like really romantic for a minute. And then it becomes a whole different thing, which I like. I think I that's right. I think I think the heart of it absolutely 100% is that kind of romanticized this one magical night you can have, which, yeah. you know, frankly, those nights, I don't like, do you know anyone in a relationship with the person that they had that one magical night with? No. Yeah. So, so so there is kind of something, I guess, true about like that he has this night with her and, you know, immediately blows it, which also felt very, for me, like, relatable at that time of like, how, how can yeah. I screw up this relationship? Like, oh, I just met a girl I love. Let me go home with, you know, Cameron, Cameron yeah. Diaz over here. Uh, yeah. immediate, immediately after. Like as immediately. She, as she, like as she picks me up out of outside. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You like just walked into a cab and went to like the other person's house. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, especially we were young. Like I, I still fuck things up, but like. I hope you don't fuck things up, like literally walking out of the apartment of a guy you meet that you're like, yeah, not, not that fast. That. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do that. But um, I'll find a way to probably sabotage it somehow if I ever do it again. But um, that's that's another that's another podcast. <laughs> I w- can I, can I be on that? I, I know you want to be on that one. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's like, what's going on on the apps? What's right. happening on the apps? What is um, that? Can we talk about that on this one? Is anything? Interesting? Oh, sure. Are, are you just going to edit that out? <laughs> no, no. Well, you never know. I am in control. But um, no, I haven't really been on the apps, but I'm having dinner with a friend tomorrow night, which is Saturday night. 
and she is also single and she has been on the apps and she's like, we're going to get this together for you. So I'll let you know after uh, I'll let you know on Sunday if I come up with a new plan. Right. You are well, not alone. It's like you, my my best friend Allison. Like she'll be like, "What's happening? What's going? On? What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Maybe I should let her be in charge. Maybe I should let you be in charge. Right. I don't know." Well, I, I tried. I tried to. And never I need ask. to outsource it. I tried to never ask because I feel like it's no, potentially just an not, annoying no. like watched pot or something. And it's all obviously it all comes from, a, or maybe it's not obvious, but it does come from a good place of just wanting. Oh, I know it does. Wanting oh for my your god, happiness. of course. <laughs> No, no. If it was, if other people, it would be annoying. It doesn't annoy me when you ask me. Right. Okay. Because um, we also talk about plenty of other things. Um, sure. But yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but no, I don't think I ever would have really just gotten right in that car with. Right. Another yeah, crazy no, thing. that feels bad. I mean, a, there. Re- yeah. If Harry Styles was driving the car, then that's it. That's a <laughs> hard were, yes. And by the way, ca- look. Cameron Diaz, you have to. Yeah, you know, it's Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz. Is Harry Styles? Yeah, that she's and like she was peak powers. Cameron Diaz, like. Yeah. Now uh, that said, he'd been with her before, so it's a little yeah. diminished. It's like you, yeah, like let's say you've slept with Harry Styles a bunch, and it turns out like maybe it's not that great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and you're kind of like I'm over Harry Styles. Like let me let me move on here to yeah. uh, a, another One Direction person. You know. Yeah. Nile is that the, is that the band he was Ni- in? Ni- Niles number two. He's Niles, my number two. Okay. Niles the Irish one. He's fun. The like kind of blonde Irish one. Do they all still yeah. get? Do they get along? Uh, the, the Harry and Niall do. Um, okay. it's complicated, <laughs> but Harry and Niall do. So that's what also feels like. Nice. Can Can you name every member of One Direction? Can I name everybody? Like, of course. You can. Okay, that's enough. Harry, course to you. Harry, Niall, Louis, Liam, Zane. But Zane Liam, left first, and then they Liam, were four. Liam was a big deal, wasn't he? What's Liam's last Liam name? Liam Payne. Liam Payne. Okay. Niall Horan. Louis right. Tomlinson. Right. He had, Zane Malik. Niall. Niall had a song that was good. On the yeah, Niall, Niall's, Niall on the has uh, new stuff. Yeah. And then Zane just got in all that mess because he's got the kid with Gigi Hadid, and then there was just like a whole thing where he might have threatened her mom, and who knows what happened. Oh, now, I don't know. Bra- so, complicated Bravo, you know, a Bravo, um, a Bravo One family. Direction cross crossover. Yeah. Is there is a Bravo One Direction crossover? Well, because Yolanda Hadid, okay. Gigi Hadid's mom, Gigi and, and Bella. Bella. Don't mom, forget Bella. Yeah. Don't forget Bella and Anwar, um, who just broke up with Dua Lipa, I think. Or I think she broke up with him. Whatever. Um, so Yolanda Hadid was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when she was married to David Foster when the girls were like in high school before they became really famous. Mm. How do you? Because you don't short... do Real Housewives. You don't do Real I Housewives. I don't. I don't. That that's too much. Like, do I want to watch my a glamorous version of my mom yelling at it, other people? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But you do do some Bravo. Oh yeah, Vanderpump. You know, which you're yeah. absolutely right is just off a cliff. I mean, just can you, you even know... watch it? I, I still do. I, I, I do, I make, but I, hate I make time it. for it, but I hate it. And, um, you know, and it's tough because I, I like most of the people on it, but it's just not interesting. And I've really noticed these shows have a pattern, a bunch of them, which is like, what's fun about them at first is these people are young, gorgeous, and drink way too much and make yeah. terrible decisions, probably linked to the drinking. And so it's like fun to kind of you know, see the version of yourself that did that and just watch it and watch them get in fights, sometimes physical. And, you know, and then as they've done, you know, three, four, five seasons, 
they're older, they're drinking less, they have, you know, now they all have children, children, you know, and they're just not doing the stuff that made it fun anymore, which is totally understandable from a their life perspective. But from (laughs) my viewing perspective, it's just like, why do why do I care? I mean, the Jersey Shore, which I gave up on, you know, three, four years ago, I tried, you know, when they were doing those family vacations but, or yeah. whatever, I was like, I didn't do, I didn't do any of those. This was all that. about Snooki getting drunk and falling off a pier. Like she's got yeah. three kids now. What the, yeah. what the fuck? Like she's a, she's, she's more responsible than I am. Like I, that's not, I'm not tuning in for this. And they would, you know, it'd be like, oh, Mike, you know, Mike Sorrentino. And you know, it's amazing. He got sober and his life you know, at least from what I read online, seems so much better and he feels healthy and he just had a kid and all this stuff. But like, now you're supposed to care about the fact that he goes to a hotel and orders like a lot of food. You're like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't have the same allure to me. I'm sorry. No, it's like, I'm glad for your life and that is what you needed to do. And it does seem like you needed to be sober, you know, and that's great. But I don't, that's why it's, I mean, that's why Summer House and you know, Summer House is fun. What? So what? So I love Summer House. Summer House is probably current current number one in this trash TV uh, way. What did you think of Winter House? I mean, I liked it. It was fun for a minute, but it was like kind of contrived. I mean, it was more. I mean, they're all contrived, obviously. Yeah. Duh. But like, it was like more fun than Vanderpump, but it was no Summer House, right? Yeah, it definitely started like it was going to have some major fireworks and then Yeah, it like it pretty, opened good. Yeah, opened hot. Correct. Came out the gate hot. Came yeah. out hot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and and petered out. I will say and I and I'll I'll relate this. I'll find some connective tissue to Vanilla Sky in this. Did you see oh, the, the the post-credit beat where they show Paige uh-huh. and Craig making out and in Craig, the elevator? Yep. yep. I got like <laughs> This like wave of like euphoria, I did too. Excitement from that beat in a way I didn't really expect. I know, what... and I knew they were dating, so it's like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. See, I, I knew didn't they know were. Da- oh God, and I got a thrill. Oh God, you must have been so excited. I was so excited in a way I can't even articulate. And I think as I processed this and like really thought about wh- why did that give me such joy i think similar to the vanilla sky like that amazing night i think there's something in the girl you've liked because you know he came he visited summer house and liked Paige, yeah. and she yeah. was in that relationship so it kind of didn't happen there and now he comes to winter house and he's in this relationship and obviously yeah. that wound up not being the thing and she you know, is all over this Italian guy whose charms I did not understand, to be honest. I didn't even really think he was that. I mean, obviously, he's technically handsome, but I. I yeah, didn't. yeah. He wasn't doing it for me. It, it was a little on the nose handsome, I guess. Like, it was Craig little... is cuter to me. Like, Craig is totally cuter to me than him, even though I've yeah. watched Craig be an idiot a lot more because I well, but that's also cute, watch Southern it? Charm. I mean... Yeah. Kind of lovable yeah. idiot charms. And yeah, he's a lovable, and he, he does his pillows, you know. The pillows is so adorable. Show me <laughs> another fucking pillows. guy that has a pillow business. And everyone mocked <laughs> him for pillows. it. Everyone except like, Andy Cohen. Yes, and um, now he's like got a legit business. Yeah, like use that platform has a has a pillow business, a pillow empire, <laughs> and look at that other pillow empire guy. I mean, maybe <laughs> he's like, going to have like pillow an impact the in the my next pillow, my pillow. <laughs> My, the my pillow man, like maybe Craig will speak for the Democrats in you know yeah. twenty twenty four or something. You never know. Yeah, he's like he's like a oh my god, he's like but, a big AOC guy. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like that kind of missed connections 
that they had that finally landing it was such like a relatable yeah, feeling that's a good of point. like that that like 20s the like the one you're always like you're at the oh there she is like I've always liked her the timing yeah. has never worked out and then seeing yeah. that fine like just in an elevator like it's on was such was such a joy yeah oh yeah. it was it I mean I was so excited because I wasn't expecting to see any footage or anything you know like and it was like very you know MCU, you know, post-credit sequence, but it was exciting. I was excited. I got excited when you just mentioned it. And if I, I, I had I known that how, they were dating, the that would have been, yeah. well, because you're not on Instagram. I feel like it's like, uh, or like, I don't know, or what other, because I don't follow her. The, I don't follow them. I don't know. Weirdly, don't know, the only I one I, I follow is Hannah Burner, who I know you're not a huge fan I'm of, and most, most people are not. I mean, she- no. That was a four tire blowout of her last season, but I thought before that she was, she was great. She was such a like cool. I liked her her first season, yeah. When she was like tennis and like her family, you know. Yeah. But she just she um, got a little high on her own supply for me. She too many people told her she was funny, and it just like snowballed. Definitely, definitely true. And and falling for Luke is just so bad. I mean, Luke. I mean, Luke. Like drawing sap from the trees. (laughs) <laughs> on winter house <laughs> like yeah well it's the same as like playing the fucking guitar alone in his room and just i mean being that he's guy. so that guy he's it's so like, that ugh. guy it's really your f- please no one wants you to play your guitar at the party like nobody wants you to do that god bless please. julia for <laughs> taking that note making a face instantly and just not being into it which also kind of revealed him as like well clearly he's the guy interested in someone in a relationship right because yeah. When he, when he met Hannah, she was in a relationship with that guy, yep. which let's be honest, that was going nowhere. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but so that's who he's interested in. And then here it's like, oh, this, this girl, Gabby seems to like you. Nope. Not interested in that. I like this girl who has a boyfriend who, mm-hmm. who, uh, in rare reality TV form, maybe cause it's her first year was like, mm, no, thanks. Yeah. She was just like, pass. That's yeah, a no I, from I me. I think so. I did like well, that. So- yeah, I liked that too. And I mean, I just, Kyle is an idiot, but you know, like he's our idiot. And... He's our idiot and he's the leader of our idiots, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, he, yeah. he puts this all together. He's been... <laughs> he's, he's the a, glue guy. <laughs> I started, I think I told you this, but I started Summer House late. So I had the true joy. Like, I think I started oh. season three of like going back and watching two seasons, oh, um, so which good. also as a writer, like the storytelling, I'm, I'm, putting up air quotes you can't see yes. but the storytelling is really interesting to watch it form in reality television where it's like you know there were people there there were those twins i think they were or something oh yeah the workus twins the, the workus twins who I, i'm sorry to the workus like i think it was such a, a smart producerial decision frankly being like these girls i don't think are reality you know whether they were the yeah. ones who said we don't want to do this anymore or not they weren't um, right they weren't right like they've really navigated casting of it wonderfully bringing in Paige and hannah you know mm-hmm. and then and then i thought the new crop was pretty interesting and good i do think jason just wants uh clout i think they i think the youngsters call yeah. it like yes I, th- he's a clout I, don't, chaser. I don't think i don't think he's really into Lindsay. i think that was about i need to be in a relationship to kind of sustain it also because like where they were making austin kind of like so what are your plans for um what was Austin's lady who's so beautiful that I can't remember her name? Sierra. 
Sierra, like, what are your plans? And they made the Italian guy. What are your plans? Like, no one ever asked Lindsay, what are your plans with this guy who keeps saying, I'm ready for everything? Like, what do you mean? You want to have a baby now? Like, we we met nine days ago. Like, what what is that comment? What does that even mean? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Like, yeah, that that felt like not a thing. But like she's been there from like, the beginning and she's like, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad they hung on to her because it's like fun to watch her just kind of repeat the same cycle over and over and fall hard for Kyle and, you know, tell Austin now she loves him and then quickly be in love with Jason like that. That's what these shows are made of. Right. Just this kind of tragically poor decision making and nonsense. Yeah. Um, is Austin in a relationship on Instagram that I don't know about that I should know about? Did I don't he and know. Sierra, I'm not Sierra sure. make it? I don't think so, but I don't know. Right. He he um had just like ha- hangover voice like the entire time in Winter House. <laughs> like he was just like he just sounded like he was constantly like he had, he just got so fucked. They and they all get so fucked they, up. They drink he just, so he, much. He sounded it. Maybe he's because he's. I mean, but like how I I don't know how old he is. I think he's like thirty five at least. Yeah, he yeah he's always a little hoarse though I think, but he's also yeah. always you, drunk and hungover. So yeah, it, it's hard. They're to just separate like it. I'm like they are. They drink so much. They drink so much and they eat so much terrible food, and yet they have such amazing bodies. Yeah, so. like how does that? I guess that was youth. That was what youth was. Like. Is is that youth or is that like so? This is the eleven days they do that, and they just go right. hardcore for eleven days. I mean, I, I, th- I I'm trying to remember back, but I think you would feel more like shit if it wasn't like you almost benefit from drinking steadily over the course yeah, of the year. You can't you just have to keep it going. Right. Yeah. It's so. like a it's like they're constantly like a wedding weekend, you know, but it's just like constantly that where you just like you went so hard the first night. Right. And then you just have to just keep it going. Like you have to day drink a little bit and then just like I'm going to sound like such a raging alcoholic, but like, you know, that was really like the wedding weekend schedule into like a drink at the airport on the way back because you were like, otherwise, like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get on this plane. (laughs) That was like 20 being like 27. Yeah, I feel like I feel like now gatherings like old friend, you know, someone's 40th, someone, someone's 50th. Yeah. I have, a, I have one of my friend's 50th. I mean, I'm, we're, we're not there. Thank God, but we're um, not, we're not there. Don't put I, us there but, yet. But I do feel like those <laughs> gatherings now are set up for, you know, you're doing a weekend somewhere, somewhere destination. Oh yeah, totally. Cause I've had a couple of my really close friends have turned 50. Yeah. It's like, right. a, yeah. But, but have you, have you found that it's now sort of centered around like, we'll get rocked one night the other night will be yeah. a little bit more. And sometimes you make, I think, the mistake and get rocked the first night. And so the second night just becomes by virtue of everyone feeling terrible. So tired. The, the, yeah. the more the more subdued one. But yeah. I think it's better if you kind of do like a more subdued, like a oh, nice dinner, some wine, gr- grown up yeah. stuff, which we you know pretend to be grown ups. And then the second yeah. night go hard. I like that, but it often doesn't work that way. Because even like I had a couple friends come visit like after... It was like post-vaccination, pre-Delta, mm. like that brief moment of time. <laughs> like two of my friends who live, like one's in Chicago, one's in Columbus, and drove over and like we just like hung out at my apartment. And but like we drank an enormous amount the first night. Also, we like hadn't seen each other, you know, and we weren't even like we didn't go out, but we just and then like the second night 
we were like, I mean, we could just like order some really yummy takeout and just like watch movies. And that's right. what we did. And sometimes and it was great. And it was lovely. It was like, awesome. It was like yeah. the best hang, you know, yeah. like yeah. it was like a great hang. But I yeah. was like, I was like, well, do we want to go sit out? Because he was I was like, do we want to go sit outside somewhere for dinner? You know, and then we were like, and when they everybody agreed, we all were just like, sweet. That's right. exactly what we want to do. Yeah. Right. You ever miss time? Oh, you know like- what we watched, though? It was when mm. um, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And I had seen it and they hadn't, which is also something I love to do. If something's really fun. I mean, I like to force people to watch what I want to watch. But right. like experience. I like experiencing like something with people that I love and that they haven't seen yet. Right. I still you haven't. Know? I still have not fully seen that movie. Um I so watched funny. maybe 45 minutes and was like, I need, I need to eat a gummy for this. I need. Oh, I you need have to 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. But then you'll enjoy it. But to um, your, but to your point, that's interesting. I get nervous watching something I've seen and like, and sort of like going out there with that recommendation. Oh, Especially yeah, by yeah. the way, something like Barb and Star, that's like, it's like not everyone, yeah. not everyone's going to like that. Like no. that is just destined to be a, uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, and I don't think, get it and are like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? I think yeah. that was the the weird thing that very quickly happened in the movie club I did, which was, you know, the first guy who who went, you know, picked um, Big Trouble in Little China, you know, one of those classic uh-huh. 80s movies, which was, you know, he's an actor who looks like Kurt Russell and, you know, loves his, his, his my Bruce Willis is Kurt Russell and picked this. And Kurt Russell, and, who's in Vanilla Sky. And Kurt <laughs> Russell, who's in Vanilla Sky. In a very not Sorry, Kurt, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Russell no. I love when they're on the roof and, and he's like, no, I'm real. I have two daughters. Oh yeah. What are your daughter's names? And he's stumped. He yeah. doesn't know his daughter's names. And that's, that's the proof, but it's, um, it's very non, that's such a non Kurt Russell role. Yeah. I mean, which, which is probably why he liked it, but he's such like a, a khakis wearing khakis wearing do dude. Yeah. Um, Michael Shannon, by the way, do you, do you catch the Michael Shannon as just like the police officer guard in the, um, I assume like kind of psych ward where Tom Cruise is wearing the mask. Holy shit. Yeah. That's Michael Shannon. Dude. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. See, you can learn something new you about the sky new, every new day. But anyway, so Wes picked uh, his favorite, you know, one of his favorite childhood movies and it just got yeah. assassinated by everyone being like, this movie is like the people that hadn't seen it were like, this movie is nonsense. And it is, but it's delightful nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, hard. So, I mean, so then everyone picking the movies, it became like this kind of, okay, like I, I want to pick, pick a movie I love, but I also want to pick a movie that's going to be liked. Like I, I don't want to hear. Yeah. So you're all of a sudden it like veered off course from like picking, you know, an 80s movie, you know, that you grew up on and had some emotional connection to, to like all the president's men. And it was like, well, right. how can I say anything bad about that movie? Which by the way, I did because I found it fucking boring, but um um, was that I the first I, time you'd seen it? It was the first time I'd seen that. Okay, yeah. interesting. I watched it in like a high school journalism class for the first time. Mm. When I was an exec, my whole spiel was that like, which of course is so my spiel. Uh, I mean, I, I just I love like, that you said when I was an exec, my whole spiel. My love. my whole spiel was that like I you know it wasn't about those class. I what, well, it's just so stupid. You know, I was stupid. I was twenties, and you know, and I yeah. was emotionally immature and all these things. But I was kind of making this point of like you know, all these well-known movies and beloved and AFI top hundred, like that's not, that's, that doesn't represent me. It doesn't represent why I entered the business. I entered the business for these, 
terrible movies or or not. I don't know why I'm demeaning them. I'm, I mean, yeah, it yeah, I get joke, what you but mean. Like, but but these movies that I just grew up on and loved, like that's why I'm here. Like where our friend Nick Phillips, who we both love, yes. like would have posters of 2001 and Blade Runner. Like, you know, I was like, that shit, like 2001 is amazing. Stanley Kubrick is one of the best filmmakers of all time. But like, it played pretentious to me. Like I had posters yeah. of like Zapped. And yeah. you're, do you remember Zapped? Red Dawn. And yeah. here, here's oh, yeah. what I'm curious. Do you know Corvette Summer? Is that, did that make your, make I it onto your radar? I so. hmm. It's a post-Star Wars Mark Hamill movie where the plot is he he and his shop class make a Corvette, like from a broken down Corvette in a junkyard. And he's just like amazing with cars. And they make the most gaudy 80s Corvette with like, I don't know what you call it, like a scooped roof and it's red oh and God. gold and it's absurd. And then someone steals it. And in the whole movie is like him tracking down who stole his, his, his Corvette. And it has, you know, this weird subplot of bad guys and all the things we were talking about. And he meets Annie Potts along the way, who is the great Annie Potts, the great Annie Potts, who the poster says, Annie Potts, who you'll never forget. It goes Mark Hamill, who, you know, from star Wars, because he had just been in that and Annie Potts, who you'll never forget. And she is a hooker. That's another thing about eighties movies, right? (laughs) Yeah. Three men and a, three men and a baby, which I just rewatched with my writing partner. Like there's a cocaine subplot. In three men and a baby, like I watched yeah. this as 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 oh a God. preteen. It totally I, is. Yeah, I was a, we I was like, a tween. Yeah, we, we were tweens. Also <laughs> absurd about that movie, the the ghost in the thing, the is, ghost is so clearly the cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. How this, <laughs> how the like this is a pre-internet world. Where it was that a pre-internet. Be, yeah, that could because- be a thing where it could be like you have to rent the movie and like try to pause it. And then of course those lines, the like tracking lines yeah. go across. So you can't totally see that it is so fucking clearly a, a cardboard cutout, which they set up in the movie. <laughs> they, they show it in the movie and then yeah. it's just sitting in his room. And for years I believed that this, and also it's a set very clearly a set, but I believed that this house or whatever apartment was haunted by a child who died there. And we also all learned it at different I was in Indianapolis. You were in Allentown. Like everybody right. knew it in California. Like we all knew about the ghost and three men and a baby. And we all were like, yeah, you guys, did you hear about the, like that? It was like true word of mouth, like yeah. no internet. Did you ever, like, did you ever think about how you used to meet people at concerts pre, yeah. pre, pre cell phone and like how the fuck that happened? <laughs> I don't know. Like, how did that happen? No, that's know. a real, that's a real question. Like I, I get curious about that all the time. I presume you called them on their home phone at some point before, which requires them answering and being like, we're planning to leave around such and such. Yeah. You know, but now like there's constant updates, right? It's like, oh, we left a half hour late. Oh, we're stopping for McDonald's. Oh, we're <laughs> yeah. like, there's so many things that happen in the interim. And it was like, I mean, I remember going to fish shows at Hampton Coliseum and being like, I'll meet you at the fountain. I don't know if you've been yeah, to Hampton Coliseum. Like yeah. the fountain's huge. There's <laughs> thousands of people there, and I th- I think we met people. I I, I don't even know. I definitely. Really I mean, that's don't what understand. we did. That's what we did at like Deer Creek was like the outdoor amphitheater here, and like I would go to like dead shows or any shows, and like yeah, and we like found people. I don't understand. How do you? We feel found about, people in um, the parking lot at a dead show, like being oh like, oh my god, yeah, just wander what? in the parking lot till you run into them. <laughs> Your friends. <laughs> 
How do you feel Stoned? about jo- Jonah Hill, Jerry Garcia movie? I'm into it. I think it's good. Yeah. I'm excited. It's good what about I you? I, I think I'm excited. I mean, I was more a fish guy than a dead guy because That's I true. think it was yeah. just more of what I, you know, what I could follow in their prime. I mean, you know, yeah. dead was around for some of my youth, but it was like a little uh, fucked out, I guess. Are you allowed yeah. to curse on this? I don't, I don't Absolutely. Know. Okay. Fuck yeah. Little, they, they felt a little fucked out. It felt more like my, you know an older generation's music. It's, it's amazing music now that I've, you know, gotten past those stupid sort of childhood uh, yeah. pre- preconceived it's notions. It's amazing. It's still so, some of my favorite music in the whole wide world. It, um, like, I had, I had one of those, it seemed fancy at the time, so not fancy alarm clocks that had a CD player. I know, and I know what song you would like. Do you? Yeah, you I know, remember you, you know told what, me once. Oh, I told you that. Yeah, I, I woke up to Box of Rain for... Yep. A good eight years, um, and it, and I do believe it is like the perfect wake up song where it's like it just is. kind of like mellow enough and picks up enough, and it's like a little inspirational to like head into the day. Um, and it's also just like it's like just let it. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Still Believe it if you need it. You know, if you don't, just pass it on. Like it's you. It's know. just a box of rain. I don't know who put it there. I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I do think of you though, because you told me that at some point. Yeah, that's all. That's awesome that I told you that. That I mean, that does speak to like we've had we've had uh, again. This was pre uh, pre recorded banter, but yeah, just we've had so many like phone calls. We used to talk on the phone all the time for prolonged periods of time. Yeah, Uh, back in the day, those were the days. Well, at least I got you on the phone today, which is really nice. It was such a treat. I'm so glad you're going to have to come back. It was a joy. Like you 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 are so my first podcast, about. so I hope Yay! I didn't let you down. This is the you first didn't time. at all. Okay, good. Um, you were awesome. I, I would tell people before. where to find Super you on fun. online, but you don't want to be found online. I don't want to be found. Yeah, <laughs> leave, leave me alone. <laughs> you are a contrarian. It's true. It's, well, thanks. It's, for... it's definitely a little true. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a little. Can't true. argue that. You like much. it a little bit. I like. I'm like that too. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, and I will be right back. Thank you so much to Evan for coming on. Did we finish a single? train of thought at any point unclear but we know that I enjoy that sort of chaotic energy and that's just how conversations go I love it so much it was so fun to have him on thank you to our sponsor good clean wine be sure to check out goodclean.wine use the code notes to get 10% off your order so yummy so good you will not be disappointed if you want more We Have Notes, follow along at, at We Have Notes on TikTok and Instagram. I'm at Abby C. Gardner on Instagram, at Abby Gardner on Twitter. And the newsletter that comes out on Fridays is wehavenotes.substack.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, let's just stop fucking talking about Peloton. Please, I beg of you. And I will talk to you soon.